This is Father Bryce Evans, a priest of the Archdiocese of St. Paul in Minneapolis, with the Deep Down Things podcast, offering a brief reflection on the conversation with Philip Booth on Friedrich Hayek and economic justice. One of the lingering questions in the background of the conversation with Philip Booth was that of totalitarianism and the conditions of its development. Christians, together with people of goodwill, are committed to some vision of economic and social justice that ought to prevail over society. What is to prevent this vision from becoming a domineering imposition that crushes freedom and proper human autonomy in the name of establishing a just order? The question is surely a relevant one in our day, in which there's so much concern and legitimate concern over the emergence of a new form of totalitarianism in our once civil society. This time not a totalitarianism imposed from above, but one that bubbles up from below through the membranes of culture itself citizens policing one another in the name of a rigorous application of justice. What we witness today is not the old totalitarianism of system and state mechanism, but of totalitarianism of ethos, one which inhabits the minds and hearts of its practitioners long before any official structures of oppression can be set up, and which manifests itself in a zero-tolerance attitude toward any presumed enemies of tolerance. All of this is disturbing enough, but it should also raise the question for Catholics and Christians who are no less convicted than others about the prerogatives of justice in contemporary society. What is it that distinguishes a properly Catholic vision of social justice from a totalitarian ethos? Is it any different in the end? Could not our vision of so-called integral human flourishing, the sum total of conditions necessary for the individual and communal flourishing of humanity, could not this be just as well characterized as an imposition from on high that violates the freedom and autonomy of others? That is the familiar argument, after all, of those who oppose the Christian ethics of abortion and sexuality, for instance, in society. The imposition of Christian justice, it is said, would here be a tantamount to theocracy, a tyranny from which people would need to be liberated. And it is a regular claim of the new atheists that religion is in fact the real source of totalitarianism, that totalitarianism can only emerge from the fanatical drive of zealous dogmatists to impose their absolute truth on others. Hence the not uncommon observation that today's woke brigades are in fact practitioners of a new religion. So the question put to Christians and Catholics today is, if totalitarianism is bad, how is Christian social ethics to be distinguished from totalitarianism? Doesn't totalitarianism simply result from any claim to universal truth? Two interrelated responses to this challenge were mentioned in the interview today with Philip Booth. The first was that of epistemic humility. Because leaders must acknowledge their ignorance of the potential outcomes of any given policy or situation, they have to be modest in their claims and in their exercise of power. The second was that of subsidiarity. As each person and local community enjoys its own zone of proper competence and responsibility, their freedom to exercise that competence should be respected and deferred to as much as possible, rather than being crushed by the unilateral determination of the state. Any healthy vision of just flourishing in society, therefore, should recognize and embody these two principles of humility and subsidiarity as integral to its understanding of the common good, 
and this distinguishes a truly just social order from any mere totalitarian abuse of power. Both of these principles can be recognized by reason irrespective of religious commitment, but I would contend they also point beyond themselves to a common source in the acknowledgement of God as he reveals himself in Christian revelation. For it belongs to God's revelation of himself in Christ that it accomplishes two things at once. It establishes the zone of our legitimate freedom and responsibility, and, crucially, it reminds us that we are not God. It does the first by its very mode of expression. God does not force himself upon his people, but rather addresses himself to their freedom, and reveals himself finally by allowing them to reject him. It is on the cross and in the subsequent resurrection that God fully reveals himself. Of course, this respect for human freedom also implies the avowal of responsibility and a rigorous holding to account. But this rigor does nothing to mitigate the truth that God does not steamroll his creatures in giving himself. Rather, quite shockingly, he entrusts his revelation to their responsibility. In this sense, God truly does hand himself over to his creatures. Nevertheless, with this said, he does this in a way that simultaneously reminds us of our creaturehood. This is because it also pertains to Christian revelation to reveal God precisely as God, in his ever-surpassing glory and transcendence. In beholding the absolute love revealed in the cross and resurrection of Jesus, that love which judges and redeems the world, the believer is put in touch with a reality that surpasses all understanding and which is ever greater than anything he can hope to master or grasp. Hence, he is reminded of his limits, he is reminded that he is not God, and compelled to confess the glory of the ever greater Creator. Taken together, these two moments of Christian revelation, the moment of freedom and the moment of creaturehood, preserve the Christian from any totalitarian temptation. For while the truth entrusted to him does indeed convict him powerfully of his duties and responsibilities in the world, he is also made keenly aware of his limitations and of his need to respect the legitimate zone of responsibility in others even as that responsibility also calls sometimes for a holding to account. In light of this, we can conclude that the real source of totalitarianism is not religion, properly speaking, but its absence. It is when men forget that they are not God, that they neglect their limits and their need to reverence the freedom and responsibility of others. For this, then, the antidote is faith. Faith not in any god or divinity, but faith precisely in the God who goes so far as to humble himself and limit himself for the sake of raising up his creatures. This has been Father Bryce Evans with the Deep Down Things podcast, partnership between Lagos Journal, Catholic Answers, and Friends of St. Thomas Catholic Studies. I look forward to being with you again for future reflections available on our website, patreon.com slash deepdownthings. God bless you.